Welcome to the Red Text, a crossroads of the holy and heretical. Join, Join us now for another episode in Unholy Communion. Welcome back to another episode of the Red Text podcast. How are you doing today, Fonzie, since we last talked to each other? I'm doing pretty good. I am better because I recently had a, a COVID scare. Um, one of my cousins um, tested positive for COVID and I recently saw him on the 25th, um, which was Christmas. And um, so I was scrambling to get as many tests as possible. Like I wasn't scared, scared because like I'm fully vaccinated and I'm fully boosted. And um, I, you know, I was telling myself over and over, don't worry so much. The vaccine works. This is what you've been advocating for. You're doing fine, you know, but like that initial like anxiety, that panic that kind of happens when like, first off to know that your cousin could potentially be very sick, which mm-hmm. he wasn't, he was very, he was experiencing very, very mild symptoms. Oh, good. Um, and he's totally fine um, because he's fully vaccinated and fully boosted. <laughs> so even though he tested positive, um, you know, that's what the vaccine is for folks. Like it's, I mean, I don't want to make this a place to like, and like, you know, just to kind of soapbox myself for the vaccine, but like, this is the reason why we get vaccinated for, for the COVID guys, because even though like the, the vaccine is not a cure, but it does lim- it does reduce the risk of you catching it. Um, but even, even if you do catch it, it, it reduces the risk of you going to the hospital. <laughs> And it definitely reduces the risk of you dying. So like, um, you know, I mean, the thing about it is, is that I work in healthcare and I am, I am obligated to advocate for things that we, that, you know, we advocate for science. So just saying the vaccine definitely eased my mind a little bit, knowing that I'm fully vaccinated. I'm totally fine. I didn't, uh, I tested six times in the last two weeks, but yeah, I'm doing so much better. I... I feel great. I feel fine. And I'm happy to be sitting with here with you talking again, which is always the highlight of my week. So how about you? How, how, how are things for you? Um, well, first of all, I'm glad to hear your health is doing okay. Um, because I know as someone who's been also an essential worker from the beginning of this whole damn ordeal, like many, many COVID scares have happened. And I personally also just went through another one myself as well. So I originally had canceled all my plans to see family for, for Christmas because I hadn't had my booster yet. And I was like, I just want to mitigate any chance of like catching anything because my vaccine was all the way back from March and it was the J&J. So I was like, you know what, maybe I'm not going to go to any large gatherings this year. And then right. I got my booster like two days after Christmas and didn't even do anything for New Year's either. I'm just like, I'm going to just play it safe. But there's been you know, with Omicron, just so many cases breaking out, especially in San Francisco, three of my coworkers have all tested positive Another two are out sick. I don't know if they're positive or not. And then someone I live with also tested positive. And I started feeling sick around the same time they were. So I was getting really paranoid, like, ah, fuck, like two years of evading this. And now I finally got it. But I I took a, I took a PCR test. I took like three different rapid tests. Everything came up negative. So I think it was probably just like, a minor, minor cold or something, or maybe it was just so psychosomatic. I made myself think I was sick. I don't Mm -hmm. know, but I'm feeling fine as of today in this recording. So I feel fantastic. But (laughs) ironically enough, I had just finished blessing a Cruz de Caravaca um, pendant that I was going to save for future use. But part of the prayer 
through blessing the Cruz de Caravaca includes like saying, um, actually, let me whip it out right here. I have the prayer saved. Whip it out, whip it out, whip it out. And this prayer is from Magia Magia Invoking Mexican Magic for those who are interested. Uh, they give you steps to enchant a Cruz de Caravaca as well as a Tetragrammaton because today's episode is going to be all about charms and amulets and talismans. Yeah, I need to pick up that book because I also have a Cruz de Caravaca and I need to bless it properly. Um, Oh my gosh, where is it? We're in the cleansings. Here it is. So the prayer for blessing a Cruz de Caravaca pendant in here, or just a Cruz de Caravaca in general, is Holy Cross, great miracle of Caravaca, which the angels of God gifted to us. I pray before you now to bring me blessings, health, and protection. Each time I wear you, bless my body, mind, and soul. Cleanse my spirit, heart, and mind of all evil and protect me from all harm. Amen. And so I, which I can never find, are the Cruz de Caravaca novena candles, at the botanicas that I generally frequent, but lately to get a little exercise at work, I've been going for walks on my lunch breaks and lo and behold, I found a botanica, like a 10 minute walk from my work and they had a Cruz de Caravaca candle. So I was able actually to do the blessing using that candle on the pendant. Uh, I didn't wear the pendant while I was six. I think it was still going through the process of like finishing the blessing because you're supposed to let the candle burn out before wearing it. But it just made me think of like, again, how we can incorporate the spiritual with the mundane to better our health, you know? So like on top of wearing a mask, wearing some type of amulet or talisman to kind of just keep your health at its peak, um, however that may be. But also, you know, we advocate on this podcast, never substituting magic for professional advice and professional scientifically proven ways to to protect your health. So don't think wearing an amulet is going to keep you from getting COVID but it doesn't hurt to wear a mask and wear an amulet. So you got both your spiritual and mundane bases covered, but that is today's episode, which we're going to cover all types of amulets and charms. What, what are they? What do they look like? How can you use them? So let's get started with this, this episode of, of magical charms and amulets. Yeah, let's do it. I have so many (laughs) it's just like that gay urge to have as much jewelry as possible I don't know maybe that's just me but I I mean like let's okay let's just start with like how do you feel about charms and amulets and like how do they make you feel just in general because like I do have like like if you ever go, if you go to like a metaphysical shop or like to a witchy shop or whatever, and you see all the stuff they have, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I think I'm like, I'm kind of like dipping my toes into like, you know, spiritual um, capitalism a little bit, but um, that's fine. Um, it does. There's, there's something about just like seeing these things that just makes my heart, my little gay heart flutter a little bit. You know what I mean? It's totally. just like the aesthetic of it all. Um like, how do you feel it? Like, what are, is there anything that like specifically like, like it just gets your juices going? I don't know why oh. I said that. I don't even know why I refer to it that way, but like, I don't know. I just My have, like, spiritual this... juices. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, like, I, I don't know. It's just like this mildly sexual like reaction that I have to like, I don't know, cool stuff. I don't know. Oh, I'm a slut for anything that like I can either wear as jewelry as mm-hmm. my rings all foretell. Um, but also just like carrying things like I'm very much a fidgeter. So like having like an amulet or charm in my pocket that I can fidget with, which also reminds me of it's like magical purpose uh, mm-hmm. is great. 
Um, I love rosaries. Um, both of us are huge rosary fanatics, like I sleeping with rosaries. them above my bed or offering them or using them as offerings to, to Mary, not even praying with them, but just gifting them as an offering to her, uh, yeah. praying with them. But uh, I got back or I got into jewelry in like 2018 or at least rings. I've, I've always been one to wear necklaces, but I just love how folky amulets and charms can be. Like it's not, you can make it as complicated as you'd like, but simply just like, I guess in a Christian example, getting a ring, it could even just be a plain, you know, stainless steel ring and putting some holy water on it and wearing that for protection. Like it can be as simple as that. But Absolutely. Re recently I got this fucking amazing tetragrammaton ring. Oh, I took like a, it's so beautiful. It's so, I, I fidget with it. I look at it. I literally kiss it. Cause I'm just like, oh, it's so gorgeous. And I, I use the other ritual in Mahia Mahia, as well as my own twist on it to, to bless the Tetragrammaton ring, which I posted on my IG a couple weeks ago. But um, it's just so hefty and it just looks fucking metal. But uh, right, right. It, just, it looks so metal, dude. It like, oh, my God. Like, oh. I, I can't wait to punch someone with it because I'm just right. like, come on, let's feel the power of God. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i just like how uh i love how versatile they are you can carry them you can wear them you can place them in certain areas of like a specific altar you have or within your home or even outside of your home like they're just so versatile that you can just do so much magic with them and there's it's so easy to to carry with you or or craft one for a certain purpose like it's it's one of the, I would say it's one of the, it can be one of the easiest forms of magic that a spiritual or magical practitioner can, can do. But uh, what's your Absolutely. take on, what's your take on them? Um, I don't know. Here's the thing. I really cool, powerful jewelry. I have an affinity for it since I was a little kid because like watching like TV shows with like powerful like sorcerers and witches and things like that and they only always have like a ring that holds the power of the universe in it and like I've always wanted to be like that bitch you know what I mean yeah With, like I don't know just like a power stone like on my finger that holds all the magic in the world you know so um just having that kind of um nostalgia I guess where I just like I grew up to be this person where I like viscerally feel like that person like that that fucking sorcerer in my favorite tv shows or whatever um but yeah i don't know i i i also like pretty things and i'm 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 not gonna apologize for saying that i like when things make my hands look prettier i like wearing pretty jewelry jewelry around my neck and um to you know an added bonus to that no actually it's the other way around now that i have a different kind of uh mindset everything has power in it, but then it being pretty, is just a bonus, you know? Totally. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, I, I love stuff. I love looking at beautiful stuff that everyone has. Um, like if I see a really beautiful effigy, even like if it's just a gorgeous, like I'm a sucker, like you are too, you're a sucker for statues. <laughs> oh my God. I love a pretty statue. Um, and I'm very specific about the statues. I like, they have to mm. have like a, a certain vibe to them. Like all of the effigies Absolutely. I have are bronze. I, or they have like a bronze look to them because mm -hmm. I was gifted a Michael and um, a St. Michael and a, um, uh, a Mary statue for Christmas this past year. And they're both bronze. And I was just like, this is it. This is, this is what I, this is, this is, this is my aesthetic. They're, they're so, so beautiful. Aesthetic. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> they're so beautiful. Um, so like, it's like, it's seeing, seeing those every day at my altar is just, oh, 
gives me it just gives, makes my liver quiver um <laughs> and um yeah and then pretty jewelry and knowing that i can make it something you know magical and practical and not just an ornament on my finger you know what mm -hmm. i mean absolutely um it's 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 just really cool it's just it's a really kind of it's also i think a really fundamental witchcraft thing to do you know i think it's just it's part of the fundamentals of witchcraft is being able to um bless and consecrate and kind of um infuse things with your power you know so absolutely i feel like very little of the jewelry i wear is non-magical there's maybe like one ring i have that i never did like or maybe like two rings i have on that i never enchanted but like the other four all were either blessed for some way shape or purpose and even like i got my mal de ojo bracelet with santissima muerte i have my other mal de ojo bracelet with guadalupe like i stay strapped on all parts of my body with with different <laughs> magical jewelry yeah 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 so, i mean same i have i mean not super same i have I, I i do have things on my hands that are just ornaments like i got this let's just say for this one this i got this oh you can't really see it i got a gucci ring from my mom this this past christmas Ooh. and that's like my favorite thing right now Material and it's not girl. <laughs> i don't know my, my my mom is a classy lady so she gave me a gucci ring for christmas i'm not I'm not going to apologize for it because it's gorgeous. Um, but yeah, I have a I have a pentacle ring. It's just like a sterling or not a sterling silver. It's like a stainless steel pentacle ring. Um, I have the Marion ring that we both have. Mm -hmm. Right. And I have a couple of rings that I have for um, that have. I think this is. Uh, I forgot what this was. I forgot what this crystal was. I'm not into crystals anymore, so I always forget what they're called. And this is a moonstone. Nice. Um, yeah. And, you know. They they all do their own jobs. Um, I do assign them to certain jobs, like uh, my moon ring, I uh, my moonstone. I I usually use that for um, divination, um, and then my 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 Mary ring I use for um, general blessing and protection, like day to day stuff like that. And um, but the thing about it is, you don't need any of this. You don't need any of these like pictures or pretty stones or whatever. Mm -hmm. You can literally like what you said, like go to Claire's and pick a ring up and put it in a bowl of salt and say like, you are now protecting me <laughs> every right. day. And it will, it will do that for you. It's because the power is not in the necessary, the power is not necessarily in the ring itself. It's in the power that you give it. So totally. Do you align the fingers that you wear your jewelry on with their like astrological correspondences? Like, like the index being the sun or like the thumb being like Mercury or the moon, if I remember correctly, like, do you, do you line up which ring goes on which finger, depending on the astrological correspondence? No. Do you know why? Because I eat a lot of salt. So my fingers swell. So my, mm. my, so my, uh, uh, I retain a lot of water sometimes. So, um, I try, um, but I don't, I don't, I don't associate, I don't associate, um, that with my jewelry only mm -hmm. because, um, I change it up a little bit. Also, um, I like to switch it up sometimes like I'll wear something on my thumb and some, some days I'll wear it on my index. Um, and I think that's great. I think folks should, there's a lot of power in that, um, you know, assigning associations does increase the, the frequency of the things that you're doing. So please do do so. Um, I don't personally, 
um, I know that you do. Like, what do you what do you do specifically with with the jewelry that you have? Um, none of the ones on my left hand. I didn't really organize those in any manner. Originally, my tetragrammaton ring, I wanted it on my middle finger because that's the finger associated with Saturn. And for those unfamiliar with the tetragrammaton, it contains so much rich symbology. You can find the staff of her, or the wand of Hermes. Um, there's a sword and wand to represent fire and air, a chalice for water. There's a hexagram. You have the eyes of Horus and Ra. And then Tetragrammaton is just a holy name or an effable name of God. So there's just so much rich symbolism all condensed into one big symbol, right? So I wanted it on my right hand middle finger for Saturn for banishing, keeping away negative energies and entities, but it was kind of loose. I didn't like how it felt. So I ended up moving it to my index finger on my right hand, which is associated with the sun, which I had learned from Austin over at Vanix Bramble that the sun is very extrasismic in nature. So I still oh. have that energy right. of, of that solar power able to banish and kind of like, if we compare it to like light, getting rid of the dark, just keeping that negativity away and it fits a lot better. So not only does it look cunt, but it also is very exorcismic in nature. And then my Marian consecration rings on my right hand middle or, uh, ring finger, which I can't remember. I want to say that's associated with Jupiter, but I didn't originally intend that to match anything either. It's more so um, I like it because it's like a symbol of my devotion and consecration, but also like it just feels like a little portable altar, like to be able to look at my yes. hand and, and see her and remember that devotion. But also to Absolutely. be able to just like gaze upon it and kind of not scry, but get, get lost in staring at it. Absolutely. That's I've actually that's weird that you say that because I've actually done that recently where I was kind of in a pinch and I was away from my altar and uh, I, I wanted to do, I was kind of having like a little, like um, just a little mini mental breakdown. And so I, I went to the liquor store and I picked up some birthday candles and then I took my ring and put it on a, on a table and I lit the candles around it and I prayed to the ring because it's, it's in its own right, its own effigy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it yeah. carries the image of her. So why not use it as a, as a little altar? Yeah. It's so, oh, one of, one of the things I really like is shoe magic and making mm. my, my shoes like its own little talisman or amulet, I guess you would say, Ooh. or charming them. How do you because, do that? Um, I write sigils and put it in the soles. Okay. Like I, you know how you put like in, you have like insoles. I have like mm -hmm. Dr. Scholl's in my work shoes and I have, I wear Doc Martens to work. So, um, I protect my shoes or I enchant my shoes to kind of, um, protect my path protect mm -hmm. where I, where I step and know that the, every step I take is, um, intentional and is also uh, a path of protection and a, a path of safety. I love that. Yeah. Shoe no. magic is fun. The only time I've done shoe magic, I had this supervisor who I couldn't tell if he just didn't like me or if he was homophobic, but he would not stop riding my ass for like the smallest of things. Mind you, I've been at my current job. It's a corporate job and I've been there for almost five fucking years. Like I know what I'm doing. And so for him to constantly be like micromanaging me, I'm like, you need to back the fuck off, bro. And so I finally... <laughs> This has nothing to do with Travis and Amulus, but since we're on shoe magic, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I made a petition paper with his name on it and put it in my shoe. And like from that day forward, he just left me the fuck alone. And at some points he was actually even being nice to me. I'm like, that's right. Don't yeah. even try me. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Shoe magic is awesome. Shoe magic is really something that um, I really love to do. I, I mean, I do it on my, you know, everyday thing. I, I you know, re um, redo the sigil every couple of months. But yeah, I, I just keep sigils in my feet or sigils under the soles of my feet. And you I can also that. do that with, um, you know, just drawing sigils on the soul, like literally mm -hmm. just on the soul itself, you know? And also, um, also you don't know who's a practitioner and you don't know who's, um, who's cursing the ground. So mm -hmm. that's, oh, that's very true. 
you don't know who's cursing the ground. So making sure that your shoes are protected from cursed ground is a good idea. Yeah. There's a lot of traditions where like, uh, there's different focal points on your body where energy is more likely to be absorbed into your, yeah. I guess, like auric field or, you know, spirit and the bottoms of the feet, the soles is definitely oh, one yeah. of those areas. So that's, that's oh, yeah. actually really genius. Yeah. 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 Just making sure that, I mean, the, th- I mean, the, one of the things that I learned early in my practice is like how to ground yourself is walking barefoot on nature, you know, like mm-hmm. walking barefoot on the sand or walking barefoot in grass or whatever, you know what I mean? Cause it just, it does absorb the energy, um, of, of the earth, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, also at the same time, you don't want to observe, absorb any garbage that anyone intentionally left there to hurt people, you know, so protect your feet. Absolutely. I also love that as witches, like for those loved ones in our lives who don't practice magic, like we're able to craft talismans and charms and amulets to be able to give to them and know that like, should they wear it, they're going to be, you know, achieving whatever its intention was. I always give things to people for mainly protection, but it's just nice to know. And it's always wonderful to see them wearing it too. Cause I'm like, Oh, like, thank you for putting your faith in, in this object. Cause totally. like, we know the magic is there, but for them to wear it, it's like less superstition and more so like, Oh, they probably like really needed that protection. If they're, they're going to be wearing it like that. Also in reverse, if someone gives you something, you can associate it with them. Mm-hmm. So you can make it like a tag lock, you know? So like, um, for example, my mom gave me this little music box that like when you crank it, it actually like chimes a really creepy version of you are my sunshine, <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. It's really, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of ominous and, and it's something you see, you hear out of a um, horror movie, but I love it because my mom gave it to me. Um, they're, they're, I mean, I don't want to get all corny, but she, she calls me the son of her, whatever. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, but I, I have it on my altar and I actually have it underneath my, my Mary um, statue. It's, it's actually, um, like my Mary statue was standing on top of it and I can crank the music. I can crank the, the music box while it's underneath the Mary statue. So it kind of, I I bring my mom into my practice a little bit. I love that. that. Very, very, um, yeah, very sweet. Nice. That is sweet. Yeah. So I have always kind of stumbled a bit with confusion because I've read different things from different sources. Um, and maybe I just haven't tried hard to pinpoint it enough, but I've heard that like people assign different definitions to the words, charms, amulets, talismans. So it's like, it's sometimes hard to pinpoint what each one is exactly. So before I go into how I have learned what they are, how about you share with me, Fonzie, what you've learned and like how to differentiate them? Cause I'm very curious as to, to how our definitions might match or clash. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of murky. If you look online and you try to find like, like a different, like trying to define each thing and trying to differentiate each to each other, um, it gets kind of muddy. Um, because they've, they're used very interchangeably. And I think it's also um, cultural where folks don't have words for certain things. Like some folks might not have a word for a charm or some folks might not have a word for an amulet. And the same thing for talisman. Usually sometimes they just have like one word for all of them. So um, I don't want folks to kind of get so harped on the definition. I think the definition is important from what I've gathered, um, just so that you can understand what they mean, but you know, your power is your power. If you want to call it something, call it whatever, what's important, it's its job. 
um, and what it does for you. So what I've learned is a charm, generally speaking, and this is very loose and very general, is in essence, something that has that holds innate innate power based on a collective knowledge that a group of people have. Um, so let's say, for example, with Christians, um, a lot of Christians who are not necessarily, um, you know, spiritual or not spiritual, but like, um, practitioners know, like us. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. practitioners or, you know, occultists or anything like that, just regular old people, um, see a cross as something that is protective, for example. All right. So a cross will innately have a protective power associated with it or a, a yeah uh, or, or will have a protective power um attached to it because of a collective belief system that a group of people have mm. um so a cross or a horseshoe you know um mm -hmm. or you know things like that so um that's what i've i've learned when it comes to charms but then there's also you know it kind of gets a little bit murky especially with us who are practitioners who uh, who assign charms or assign jobs to charms you know what i mean so like right. when you make a charm bag right you you st you stuff a whole bunch of things um like you know a whole bunch of associations into a charm bag and assign it a job you know so that's where it kind of gets a little bit murky um and then an amulet is something that usually uh, is defensive. What I've learned is something that usually kind of repels or protects. It's usually more of like a um, uh, a shield, um, or um, sometimes it's kind of like a like I said, like something that repels something away. So you know, something like a um, an evil eye, mm -hmm. or you know, something you see those big evil eye ornaments that folks have in their houses mm -hmm. or um, someone can even put like even a cross, a crosses, crosses are awesome because they're so versatile. Um, they can put a cross over a doorway to keep um, ugly things out, um, you know, iron nails, things like that. Um, and then talismans are usually something that brings something towards you or attracts you or attracts things to you talismans can be any oh gosh talismans can be anything mm -hmm. so um you know i would say like you know writing a sigil on you know on something to attract love or to attract whatever a candle can be i, I mean by that definition a candle is a talisman right right because um you know you attract things with with candles also you repel things with candles so i mean a candle can be a, both a talisman and amulet and a charm you know what i mean so that's right why it's like it kind of like a big like venn diagram where they all kind of intersect at some exactly. point with like similar purposes yeah yeah one of the things also I found is that amulets are usually found in nature. So maybe like mm. things like hagstones, you know, things like that okay. or crystals, you know, you right. can assign, you can assign associations to that. Um, you know, um, yeah, there's iron, you know, anything that's iron. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like the general kind of umbrella that I've learned over the years. Um, like I said, I'm also a victim to kind of using them interchangeably. Um, Cause like, like I said, the, the, the definitions are a little bit murky. A lot of folks mm -hmm. and a lot of different cultures have different definitions for all of them. So, right. Yeah. What do you yeah. think? Well, it's funny. I want to circle back to how you brought up the evil eye. Cause how you were saying like charms 
from your definition are those things that kind of have like kind of like an egregore of a spirit from a collective belief in it already right but also like an amulet being something that keeps something away so like the evil eye repels like the negativity so in a sense it's both a charm and an amulet because it has the collective cultural purpose of repelling evil but again we have that sense of repelling which would in this definition of keeping things away would also make it an amulet so again it's a very like venn diagram type situation uh i haven't dived too much deeply into like the etymological roots of each of these words but uh it's kind of similar to how you were saying like i from what i've read amulets amulets keep things away so i think of a and amulet the first letter being for away and then talismans t for talisman to attract so that's what i've read in at least the books that i currently have in my my occultish library i've also heard that same definition of amulets being things that are found in nature whereas talismans are kind of something more along like something we enchant or or create so again it's very very murky i also use it all very interchangeably because i don't see it as unless we're like teaching a course on the history of something obviously we're going to want to know for sure like where this word comes from like sure. how old it is what culture it comes from da, 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 da. but since we're kind of just referring to the same things as now and we're not trying to teach a history lesson i also use them pretty interchangeably i sometimes i might call something i'm wearing an amulet sometimes i might call it a talisman even though it's like the purpose never switched like uh sometimes i find it I don't think we should overcomplicate our magic. Like at the end of the day, we're wearing a piece of jewelry or carrying a certain whatever in our pockets that has a purpose. So whether you really call it a charm, amulet or talisman, I don't think that matters too much at the end of the day. Like I said, unless you're trying to teach a course where you're explicitly trying to define each one. So one thing I wanted to touch on within the Christian and Catholic traditions are relics. And so basically for those unfamiliar, a relic is something that belonged to or touched, depending on what's called the class of the relic, um, a very holy person. So for instance, like the, I have a St. Lucy prayer card and there's a piece of fabric on the prayer card, which I think it would make it a third class relic because it was touched to a piece of clothing that St. Lucy no, I'm sorry. It was touched to the shrine of St. Lucy. So it wasn't touched directly to a piece of St. Lucy's, Lucy's clothing that she actually wore, but it was touched to a holy place belonging to St. Lucy. And so a relic is basically a, an item that holds immense power because of who it's associated with. Like, for instance, that saint that I had in a dream, St. Edmund Aerosmith, his relic is just straight up his hand that they keep out. And I think it's like England or whatever. And that would be a first class relic because it's, it's his, it's his hand. It belonged mm-hmm. to his, mm-hmm. his body. Whereas the second class would be like the, the, you know, the robe or whatever he wore. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. find it so interesting. Cause like, you know, Catholics just look at this and they're like, oh yeah, relics. Like that makes sense. But like from an outsider perspective, it's like, it's, you're just like, that's straight up magic, yo. Like, yeah. like that these things hold such immense power because they either belong to or touch something that belonged to like someone who was so holy and and was able to do the miracles they did so i i think do you do you own any relics or have anything that touched like any first class relics or anything like that um no but if i did like let's say for example um if i were to visit that church in spain i will bring my my cross of caravaca mm-hmm. and just like bring it within because the thing about it is they believe that it, the, the general belief is that that cross was the true cross. 
Um, so I think there's a lot of men's power there. So like, I would be like, all right, so I'm going to, I'm going to like wave my cross around that cross and be like, all right, there we go. I got a really powerful fucking amulet. Like, fuck you guys. Like this is, we're done. Like you can't tell me shit. You know what I mean? And it's the associate, it's the association I would assign to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, but no, I think the idea of relics is so cool. I think it's, I, I, and also like if you ever came up to like a traditional Christian be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's magic. They'd be like, fucking witch, you're a fucking witch. And, right, and, and right. It just makes me so giddy. You know what I mean? When we like, when you look at Christianity and Catholicism and the, the, um, just like the, the, the things that they hold so true, like things like relics and things like, it's just like, oh gosh, you should see my altar. It's all the same. It's all the fucking same. You guys are associating everything that you have in your church with everything that I have in my altar. And it's, it's, it's so wild, but no, I don't have any relics. And I, I, I would, I would be, um, I think I would do a disservice to myself to not try to develop like, you know, a relic kind of, um, I don't know, collection, I guess, to kind of, uh, you know, bring forth that power. Cause yeah, you're right. The, that, that kind of association is very powerful. Totally. And for those who like are looking to work with any, any saints or even angels, actually St. Michael in the cave of, I think it's, I think it's the cave of Garganto. He, uh, he had an apparition there. And so the stones within that cave are held very, very sacred. And they're a little bit hard to come by. And when you can, they're a bit pricey anywhere from as little as $80 to a couple hundred. Uh, but those would be relics of St. Michael because they, they, those stones were housed in the cave of where he had an apparition. Uh, so I was going to say, it's just saints that have relics, but that wouldn't necessarily be true. But for uh, what I was saying is anyone looking to build a relationship with certain saints or figures within the Christian tradition, if you're able to get some type of relic, that would be fantastic to help connect to that person. Not necessary. It's not necessary by any means, but definitely something that would, would really help amplify the the connection to to the spirit of who you're trying to contact i think would be really dope kind of like how if you take a rock or at least exchange for a rock i don't want to just say take but like a rock from a graveyard right or like a specific grave like that kind of serves as like a link to to the spirits of the dead or a spirit of the dead depending where you get that rock um it's kind of how like relics work right like it carries the energy of that prior prior person or spirit or whatever yeah yeah totally I mean, if you think about, I don't know why this popped in my head. I don't know if this is any, if this makes any sense, but I don't know why. Like when they used to, when they uh, mummified pharaohs, they would mm -hmm. take, they would take forth, you know, things to their tomb. Like, I guess you would say carry. Oh, that's not really the same. Let's, let's, uh, I just realized that that wasn't really the same. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say that. Um, yes. What Ryan said was, was true. If you can get your, if you can get your hands on, on something that has, um, some sort of attachment to some holy event or um, holy person. That's, that's, that's pretty awesome. I think that's a, that's a pretty powerful tool to have in your toolbox. So, um, but yes, it's also not necessary. Um, all of, all of the things that we have that we acquire um, are not necessarily necessary. They do help. Um, but uh, you know, the power is within you. You have the powers with you, it, within you and the powers within your, your prayer and how, how um, devoted you are to your practice. Absolutely. And and actually, now that you mentioned that, I know like in the Philippines, we have what are called anting anting. I can't remember what the translation yeah. is. Do you, do you remember what it translates directly to? Um, No, but I can, because I'm not fluent in Tagalog. So let me, hang on. Well, while Fonzie looks that up, uh, anting anting are kind of the same thing as like charms and amulets, uh, right? In, in Filipino culture, and they can carry specific purposes. 
And the way I was taught through um, a, a teacher of mine who was himself taught in Filipino folk magic, like an anting anting can be something you could buy that's already been like pre-blessed and gone through all the rituals because they can be extremely, extremely hard, not only to come by, but the process of like creating an anting anting can be very difficult. But one of the ways he taught us to make an anting anting is, I believe it's 49 days of consecutive prayer over the object of which you're trying to create an anting anting. So obviously like, you know, like Fonzie stated earlier, like it's really dependent on the intention and the faith that you put into something. So do you have to do 49 days? No, but that's like the hardcore way. And the thing with magic is you get out what you put in. So sure, you could do maybe mm -hmm. like a one to three night ritual and say you created an anting anting. That's totally great. But also it's like, consider it. Like if you really want to make something hella powerful, do you not want to try that hardcore way of 49 days straight of prayer over a certain object? Because then it's like when you finish, you're like, oh yeah, this, this shit's charged for sure. Um, so the the literal definition is earrings, earrings, earrings. Oh, really? Um, yeah, anting, anting. I mean, that's just Google Translate telling me anting, anting means earrings, earrings. Um, so, but then the the you know the spiritual definition of it is an amulet. Mm -hmm. That's what it's saying. It's it it translates to uh, it's a Filipino word for amulet or some sort of. Um, uh, you know, anything that you, or, or charm. See, that's what I'm saying. That's what we were talking about before where cultures don't really have a, a name for each thing, right? right. It has, it's, it's either, you know, it's unthing, unthing is the Filipino word for amulet, charm, or talisman. You know what I mean? It's just an object that you use. Mm -hmm. That's why English is so stupid because we have all of these fucking words and we have to, we have to work so hard to define them because like we have tag lock, we have, we have talismans, we have all of these words that, you know, are associated differently with like these nuanced definitions when Filipinos totally. are just like, uh, that's just, that's just a unthing, unthing. Exactly. And that just goes to show like how different cultures can perceive different words, right? Because like mm -hmm. witchcraft isn't always perceived the same in Mexico as it is here. Like in Mexico, there's a difference between witchcraft, which, is, which translates to brujeria, and there's a difference between brujeria and hechesería, which is spell work, but also curanderismo, which is like healing folk magic. So like, everyone would look at all of that and call it just witchcraft as an umbrella, but like that actually wouldn't hold true in, in Mexican culture. So it's really, when we're trying to define things, we also have to take like a hard look at the culture and the lens through which culture we're looking at something. Cause it's not going to be it, the same through, through everything. But uh, what are some of your, actually, no, let's backtrack since we went down the Christian path. So for those mm -hmm. who use rosaries, how, how do you turn your rosaries into, into charms, amulets and talismans? Tell me a little about how you work with the magic of rosaries. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I think this is a good segue into talk. How do we, how do we use our things? Right. Um, so first off before I buy after I buy anything, I cleanse the fuck out of it. Mm. Um, and depending on what it's made of, um, uh, my favorite way of cleansing something is setting it on fire. I don't know how you do it, but me, I set shit on fire all the time. So if it's fire safe, I'll set that shit on fire. I loved the video you shared of, of doing that because I, I don't set my shit on fire, but watching you do that was like, that's fucking sick. That's. Oh, that's thank you. Yeah. That was on my stories. I'm planning on doing like a nice, pretty like demonstration for Instagram, um, on how I cleanse my, um, my metal, my, all my metal stuff. Um, because I, I set fire to like my metal rings, my metal necklaces, all of that, all of my, my jewelry, I set fire to it if I can. Um, and how I do that is basically I just, um, I, I, uh, I soak it in, I don't soak it. I, I cover it in, um, either Florida water or rubbing alcohol. If it's rubbing alcohol, I usually bless it first because I don't, 
necessarily think that rubbing alcohol is has any innate magical properties, even though it does. But you know, I I bless it with my own self. Totally. Um, but yeah, um, and then I just set it on fire. Um, while practicing safe fire precautions, by the way. Um, uh, but yeah, rosaries. Uh, rosaries are fucking cool, man. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of power that is held in a rosary because it's a it's also a prayer it's like a prayer tool so there's a lot of um um energy that is infused into my into my rosary and my rosary does different jobs um because it's kind of like all-encompassing um so one i have one rosary which i wear around my neck if i feel the need to um it is both beautiful and practical um i pray with it. This is the one I actually do pray with. I have one that I've given to, um, Mary as an offering. So they're, they're, they're separate. Um, the one that I pray with is this one. Um, and, uh, I, I use it for general, general mind, body, and spirit protection. I use it for, um, uh, attracting good things. Um, like, uh, right now what it's working on is, uh, my finances, so, um, uh, protecting, um, my bank account, protecting my job or job security, and also, um, uh, banishing debt. Mm. So that's what I'm mostly, especially within the new year, every, every beginning of the year, I always revisit my financial plan. So this is what the rosary is doing for me right now. And also with, uh, working with Anthony, um, Wait, quick question for you, Fonzie. Sorry to cut you off. So do you okay. pray with the rosary for that purpose or you bless the rosary and incorporate it into like spell work and things for that purpose? Does, does that change, question make sense? It changes all the time. Okay. So that's what I'm saying is that if I need to do something new with my rosary, I do a whole ritual. I do a okay. whole thing with it. So it's a devotional thing that I pray with every single day. So if I'm just doing something like every single day, um, just like my daily prayer, I'll mm-hmm. use it, Right. I'll use it as um, just a devotional prayer tool. But when I assign a job to it, I assign something, I do assign something specific to it. So I always kind of renew it mm-hmm. every, every once in a while, if I want to focus on something specific. So like last year, one of the things that I focused on was, um, was being more um, like I was trying to get over like this creative block I was having with my artwork. So I was, um, that's what I was kind of working on. So after that, after I kind of overcame that, I renewed the energy in my rosary and assigned it a new job, which, Interesting. which, which now is my finances. Um, now folks will do that. You can do that with different rosaries if you want to, which is cool. I think that's also a really great idea, especially because rosaries come in different colors. So you can incorporate color magic into it. So like, if you want to have a rosary for love, you can have a red rosary. If you want a rosary for money and finances, you can have a green rosary or a gold rosary. If you want a protective rosary, you can get a black rosary. You know, if you Mm -hmm. want a rosary for peace in your house or, or harmony in your house, you can get a white rosary. And also there are rosaries that are made of crystals if you work with crystal magic. Mm-hmm. So like you can, you know, you can, if you want one for self-love, you can get a rose quartz um, rosary. If you want a protective rosary, you can get one that's made of obsidian or of, um, of, of um, what's the other one? Tourmaline. Tourmaline. Or if you have like a difficult, um, 
If you work in a, a job that deals with people and a lot of communication, you get a rosary that's made of lapis lazuli. And so, um, and you can work at, in the same time, you can work with like, um, like, um, mercurial magic or mercurial energy and like work with that rosary on a Wednesday, you know? So there's a lot of things that you can associate with your, um, but my, my personally, my rosary is just kind of like, um, the catch-all I use my rosary as a catch-all because totally. so yeah, I do, I do kind of renew it. And then I give it a new job. It's like, this is our focus. This is what we're going to do today. Or this is what we're going to do for a while. Um, help me get this done. Totally. I love that. I, there's two rosaries that I pray with the most actually I'll, I'll say three because i have one specifically for santissima muerte but uh i have an olive wood rosary where the three-way connector is a la virgen de guadalupe so i use that specifically with guadalupe um when i pray the rosary and then i have like a, a rosary made out of like knotted cord uh and that i always keep on my pocket and i pray with it so much that it also just carries that kind of protective energy of like the divine mother but there's also a metal that's double-sided one side has saint michael and the other side has uh, the guardian angel on it so I feel like, I, I, again, just very protective, but that's dope. I've never worked with rosaries in the way that you just described. So that's, that's really dope. I have incorporated them into spell work where like the rosaries that I pray with the most, I'll sometimes put them around an Ovena candle. So that way there's oh, yeah. no outside influences like, yes. or energies or spirits interfering with like a Ovena work. One time what I did was uh, I put my, I have a small La Virgen de Guadalupe statue. I put that on top of a mason jar can so she could get a little height. And then I put the rosary around her and around the Ovena candle. So not only was it protecting it, but it was like her watching the candle right. the entire yeah. time. That's so awesome. th I, they are very versatile. And I don't want listeners to also think that like, you know, y'all don't have to work with Mary to pray the rosary. You could use a rosary in yes. place of the divine feminine or whatever kind of aspect of the divine feminine you work with. You know, there's, there's a lot of people who make custom rosaries out there for like the dark goddess or the dark mother or like Hecate. Yeah. And so you can find rosaries for nearly any deity or you can get crafty with mm -hmm. it. So rosaries are such a, an amazing magical tool to keep in your arsenal that you do not by any means need to be within a full christian or full catholic context to use so yeah. they definitely look into it because they not only help you get into a trance state but can be used for manifestation purposes uh protection yada 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 i have a bunch of rosaries some of them i just have because my brother gave them to me so i don't even use them but like again like you said it kind of carries the energy of the person who gave it to you so like i just like having that that piece of him i found out one of the rosaries he gave he gave me is like a it's a blue rosary it's made out of plastic which is great if you like you want to pray the rosary in like the shower or the bath without damaging it but i only just just found out a couple weeks ago during christmas he's like yeah that's actually the rosary i got at my very first communion and like suddenly now it has a whole different meaning to me because i'm just like oh my god that's like so you gave me probably one of the very first rosaries you ever own and that just means yeah. a lot to me you know awesome. so it's yeah. it's really cool um and i just love rosaries in general i usually wear the one i have for santa muerte which is uh it's custom made um all of the ave beads are amethyst and the mystery beads are uh rainbow moonstone Ooh, and that I sounds know. so pretty. Oh my God. Yeah. So if anyone's interested in custom rosaries, the stormy witch on Instagram, you can find them if you search through my, my follower following list, but they are based out of here in the Bay area and they make custom rosaries. You tell them what crystals you want. They'll give you a price gauge of like, well, first they'll ask like what size beads you can even customize what size beads you want on the rosary, what crystal you want. Uh, and they can help you choose the three-way connector and like what to use in place of the crucifix if you don't want a crucifix. So their rosaries are fantastic. I just had them custom make one for my housemate I live with, who's also a Santa Muerte devotee. 
Um, but I also just found this fucking sick rosary at the same botanic I was mentioning earlier. And it's black, but the mystery beads, instead of beads, they're little Santa Muerte pendants, which I've never seen before. The three-way connector is also a Santa Muerte pendant, which again, I've never seen before. It looks super vintage. And the crucifix, it's a crucifix, but there's like a welded Santa Muerte on like the middle of it. And again, it looks super vintage. I've never seen anything like so it. Pretty. Remember I told you I'm when you sent me that picture or sent me that video, I was like, that legit looks like a fucking heirloom. Like that That's looks it, like, I know it's so dope. I, I love it. And it's specifically going to be consecrated and, and offered to La Negra. So uh, she's going to be the Sick. one who helps me with like and things of that nature. But, uh, but yeah, rosary is super, again, just like all charms and amulets, they're very versatile, very easy to incorporate mm-hmm. into your craft. You don't have to use the traditional Catholic prayers. You can come up with your own, which I would even argue is more powerful when you're making something your own like that. Yeah. Well, um, I just want to, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just want to go back a little bit um, because when you were mentioning, um, uh, like rosaries um, that are not specifically like ones that are associated with Mary, how mm-hmm. I learned it. And I don't know if you, if uh, you agree with it or if this, uh, this is something that you, that you're tied to, but what, how I understand it is anything that is not associated with Mary is not technically a rosary. I think it's called a chaplet. So like, if you see like a, something that resembles a rosary that has like kind of the same silhouette, that has like the 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 string of beads and then the one string of uh, beads going down and it has like something different at the you know bottom like if maybe there's a chaplet for saint michael there's a chaplet for well, that's just that's just a the something that i've learned that maybe folks um would um maybe come across is that i mean you can call it a rosary if you want but the, um sometimes you'll 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 if you want to like look for a certain rosary for a certain saint you might see it as like a chaplet or um, maybe it's called something else because I, how I remember it is that rosaries are directly associated with Mary. Okay. I don't know if, I don't well, know if, I don't know if you. Um, so what uh, I had to research the difference because I, I, you know, I'd heard of both chaplets to certain saints or angels as well as like yeah. rosaries. So mm-hmm. the, the thing that qualifies a rosary is that it's 150 beads with five mystery beads and 145 um, or, 100 and um, wow i'm a bad catholic right now i can't do math because there's there's the bead you play the our father and then three aves anyways it's 150 beads with a three-way okay. connector and a, and a yeah, crucifix yeah. whereas a chaplet a chaplet can be even longer or even even shorter oh, um okay, so like okay, i've seen okay. chaplets that are just like 10 beads with a three-way connector and a, and a crucifix gotcha. or chaplets like i have one that um i got from a parish where it's it's a crucifix it's only it's a it's a decade chaplet basically so or i guess a decade rosary so it's the crucifix Mm. 10 beads and at the end is like a really gorgeous saint benedict medal so that wouldn't be considered a rosary because it lacks the the 150 beads um but like you said there's different chaplets to the saints and angels and so but those chaplets again may vary from one another so like i know there's a chaplet to archangel Raphael that's only like less than I think it's like nine, nine beads, nine or 10. Cause I know you pray to the nine choirs of angels, but then I've seen chaplets to like all souls or to St. Anne or whatever. That's like more than that. So, so the rosary is like the 150 beads, three-way connector, crucifix, da, 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 where a chaplet could be more or less than. I than see. Okay. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. Okay. okay. Now it, okay. Got it. All right, cool. I learned something new. Thank you. Yeah. Lovely. I want to ask you, do you have any, aside from the jewelry you wear that's enchanted and, and our amulets for you, do you have anything in your room that you use as an amulet or talisman? Yes, um, a whole bunch. Um, 
the uh i'm like i'm like literally looking around my space right now hang on one second all right so i have a humongous altar cross <laughs> i mean it's not humongous it's like this big but it's like a big altar cross that I, it's like a really gorgeous gorgeous like celtic looking cross it's stunning mm. i found i found it at a metaphysical shop and it's like one of the only crosses altar crosses i could find because you know people don't like christians um <laughs> <laughs> witches don't like christians anyways um but uh i do have a pentacle that um i i've moved around my my space a lot um, but i plan on having it over my door um i also draw um, I mean, I mean, they're, they're, they're not really, I guess, amulets or charms or talismans, but I guess I do enchant the space itself by mm -hmm. drawing, drawing sigils on my walls and on my mirrors. Um, I also have that letter or that Christmas card that, um, uh, Austin sent to me. Mm -hmm. It's, it's sitting because it, he sent, um, they sent me a, a, a thing that I'm planning on framing and that's going to be blessed and put on my altar as well. Oh, I I, Austin, if you're, if you're listening to this, I, I love what you sent me. Thank you very much. Um, I also have a, um, what else do I have? Oh, my besom, which is hanging on my wall with the bristles or besom. That has the bristles hanging up, is, mm, which is also mm -hmm. it repels um, negative um, energies and in uh, bad spirits. Um, that's also good for um, uh, you know protecting your space. What else do we have? Oh, I'm also getting the um, the uh, picture of um, from the uh, Visions of Mary campaign of uh, what's her name? Um, is it the Our Lady of Sorrows? No, it's um, words have escaped me. The one with the sword. Oh, is it the uh, Our Lady of Victory? No, most powerful. Oh yes, she's gonna be. I have a frame waiting for her at my altar, which is also gonna be enchanted. But um, as of right now, a lot of the things that I have is that that pentacle and my altar cross. Those have very very powerful um, wards on them um, that I've I've enchanted, and a lot of the things that I do to kind of enchant my space is is maintenance. So I do a lot of you know. Um, drawing on my walls with mm -hmm. holy water and um and stuff like that but uh oh and my plants the plants i have i have monstera right here that i talk to every single day she's cute and um i have a lot of um protective plants that i have that i, I i've given jobs to i have an aloe vera on my far, far corner over here that i'm um that's that's keeping my 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 uh, my uh my love and my fortune altar nice and um protected nice yeah uh what else do i have i think that's it i think that's it yeah nice yeah i don't have what about you oh my gosh i i'm sure i have some and now i'm blanking but like uh yeah. above my mary altar i have an um ojo de dios that Alyssa, the one who makes the custom santa muerte rosaries i was just shouting out uh they included that in a package for me uh, so I keep that on Mary's altar. I have a gorgeous crucifix that I got, or I guess it's a cross. I think a crucifix has to have Jesus on it. But Jesus anyways, it, yeah. I have a, a gorgeous cross that I found out of flea market, which is like also a super heavy blunt object. So dual purpose. Um, <laughs> do I have anything else around here? Um, I have an aloe vera tied with a red ribbon on the longest leaf, uh, which is a Mexican folk magic thing for protection. Yep. 
No, most of my talismans and amulets are all jewelry Worn. that I interchangeably yeah. wear because I'm just like, I know my house is pretty protected. It's like, I want to make sure I'm protected when I'm like going out and about doing shit. Yeah. Have you ever done um, clothes magic? magic no, clothes? no. Sometimes I'll wear like certain colored clothes for like a mm-hmm. certain course. Like every Friday, I wear my favorite pair of red underwear for like that Venusian energy. But aside Ooh, from that those, will, that, those will sell for a lot of money. <laughs> um, but aside from that, I don't do too much magic with my clothes. Aside from actually, I take that back. I sometimes like consider it veiling when I, yes. I know for me, it is veiling when I do um, like a headband. Uh, yes. If I feel like I'm going to uh-huh. be more spiritually attuned that day, or I just feel like I need to calm things down. Um, or even if I'm just getting ready to do spiritual work in my home, sometimes I'll, I'll throw a bandana over my head to, to veil. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome. Yeah. That was really fun. I, I've done some clothes magic, uh, clothes magic with, um, with a, with a handheld steamer. Mm. So I'll take one of those steamers and, um, I'll put a few drops of essential oil into the water okay. and then I'll steam my clothes with it. That's really fun. Wow. I love that. That's so crafty. Yeah. yeah. That was one of the things I was like, Oh, this is probably a good idea. I wonder if anyone else does it. So yeah, I steam my clothes with like essential oil like if i if I, and i want i wear a lot of black actually i only wear black so i always see black as like very it absorbs a lot of things mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what i mean and it, um also i work with people every single day and a lot of those people are sad or mad or in pain you know what i mean so i do absorb a lot of that and there's a lot of my job is talking to people a lot about you know them being in pain so like i just want to make sure that i shed those things off of me um, so I make sure that, you know, I perform a little bit of um, cleansing and also warding when I, especially if I'm like tomorrow, I have a brunch to go to. And um, if I'm in a big group of people, it makes me anxious because of a lot of things. Um, so I do do a little bit of warding to my clothes mm. and my shoes before I go to, you know, a place where there's a certain you know amount of people. That's really but it's like I'm going to like my friend's like apartment or whatever. I won't, I won't bother. That's, that doesn't make any sense. But totally. like going to, you know, if I'm being in a, a certain space with strangers, then yeah. Absolutely. I don't know who, Absolutely. I don't know who's a practitioner. I don't know who's a practitioner. So I just want to oh, make yeah. sure that all my bases are covered, you know? Absolutely. I, um, I guess one minor magic thing I do with my clothes when I'm pouring the laundry detergent over my clothes, I'll usually do one counterclockwise to remove any energy off the clothes while they're being washed one clockwise to bring in blessings so that when I'm wearing them, I'm blessed. And then I'll usually make like the number eight. It is an infinity sign so that whenever I'm wearing my clothes, that it connects me to just spirit and the universe. So like basically turning all of my clothing into a blessed shield. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, totally. That's, that's a, that's a wonderful idea. I like that idea. And also like, um, I, sometimes I, I, I think about veiling sometimes and sometimes I'm like, my outfit doesn't go with a veil. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll like, I'll just veil with like some, some Florida water on my forehead and mm. the back of my neck because the back of your neck is that kind of place oh, yeah. where a lot of your energy gets kind of sucked into, you and know, that's where spirits will latch on. Hella They'll latch on to you. Yeah. So I'll just kind of sprinkle or rub some Florida water and Holy water on the back of my neck. Um, to keep myself protected if I'm going to be in a group of people. That's a kind of a cool thing to take with you if you choose to do so. Absolutely. Do you, so you want to take turns walking through, like giving some practical magic of how we, how we as individual practitioners consecrate our, our amulets and talismans. Cause I know you touched on burning stuff earlier, but the, sure. it, I think it was like, if we gave people kind of an outline, if they want to create their own amulet or yeah. talisman. 
Absolutely. I, I, yeah, because this goes into spell work and it's my favorite. Um, but yeah, you want to go first, but you go first. Sure. Yeah. Mine can go from being really simple to a bit more intricate. Like with my Tetragrammaton ring, I kind of combined two rituals out of the Mahia Mahia book for my Tetragrammaton ring, since it does have also a hexagram on it and they have a separate ritual for a hexagram specifically. But um, if I'm going to give y'all a ritual that you could easily use to do any amulet or talisman, I, so you always want to cleanse things first. Cause you don't know who's been handling it, where it's been. You don't want to just throw something on and say, you're going to protect me. Cause it's like, there's could be a lot of energies inter interfering with that. So always cleanse with your preferred method of elements or prayer. I personally don't set shit on fire as much as I would like to start doing that, but <laughs> I, I usually use uh, Florida water or holy water to wipe down the object. And then usually I'll run it also through Kopal smoke. So not only is that cleansing, but for me, that's also consecrating the object because Kopal is a very sacred resin. So cleanse it down with holy water or a spiritual cologne, run it through the smoke of Kopal. So we got to get that spiritual energy flowing. And then I always like to, at the very, very minimum for one night, if not more, let it burn or sorry, let a candle burn and let the talisman or amulet I'm blessing be in the light of that candle. So if I'm doing it in my fireplace with the novena candle, like with I, what I did with my Cruz de Caravaca, um, the chain was long enough that I could wrap it around the novena candle. So that way the light of the candle was constantly illuminating the pendant until it burnt out. And so once it burnt out, I knew that the talisman was ready to be worn. So something as simple as just cleansing your object with a certain element or spiritual water, whatever, running it through some smoke. And then obviously you want to figure out your intention, right? Because I find that the more specific you get with an intention, the more specific with your results, whereas the more general, the more general your results will be. So if like, for instance, my Tetragrammaton ring, I was just like, yo, like help me be protected from any, anything that wishes me ill, any, whether that's a person or a spirit or just lingering energy around me. Um, and what I did for this specifically, I put, I had a white plate, and I put kosher salt, which is already blessed salt, um, all over the plate, and then put the tetragrammaton ring in a glass of water. This is after I already cleansed it with smoke and water. And then around the glass of water in the center of the plate, I put six candles in the shape of a hexagram, six tea light candles, um, but you can use bigger. And then I lit them in a clockwise manner. Um, I forgot what psalm I prayed, but I'm, pr I'm more than sure I prayed a couple of prayers over the tetragrammaton ring. And then I just let that sit for... I think 12 hours, but I was going to bed. So pretty much overnight. And then the next morning I took it out the glass of the water and it was, it was ready to be, to be worn. So yeah, that's how I like to bless things. Yeah. That's awesome. It's simple. It's to the point. It's very specific. And um, the thing knows what it needs to do. Exactly. That's exactly what it, that's, that's exactly what you need to do. Um, a lot of the things that I do are, um, it just kind of came to me there. They're, they're kind of uh, there is nothing that I, I mean, it probably, you could probably find the things that I do in a book somewhere, but it's just like it, the, my intuition kind of just takes over and I just kind of do. And that's how, kind of how I, I approach my spell work is like, I know the basics and then I just kind of do what I feel like is right. And I think there's a lot of power in that. Um, so I do, if I get something that is fire safe, that I can set on fire, I set it on fire, um, which I call a holy fire because I bless the fire itself. Um, I set it on fire and it cleanses it and it only burns for like maybe a minute. You know, it just, it burns until the alcohol is burned out. Um, it's, it's not just sitting there on fire for like an hour. Um, and then when that happens, when that's over and done and it's cooled down, <laughs> I can't tell you how many, how many times I've made that mistake where I just like grab it. Cause I'm excited. 
Um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not it. It's stupid. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I let it cool down for a little bit. And then one of my things that I do, especially with the ones that I wear, like my cross and then my, um, my Guadalupe, what I did to uh, bless these is I put what I, I put their jobs on bay leaves. And I, um, so I wrote the petition on bay leaves. So for example, um, Guadalupe protects my mind, my, 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 my mind, my body and my spirit. So I wrote protect my mind on one bay leaf, protect my spirit on one and then protect my body on another one. And I placed those three and three is a beautiful number to me because they also it represents the Holy Trinity. Mm-hmm. And I placed it on a, um, on a silver dish. Um, and then I, I, I poured some salt and I uh, mixed the salt with some herbs, which I also blessed and consecrated, which included a whole bunch of things. Rosemary, obviously some rose, um, uh, lavender, uh chamomile and uh i think that's it and then um i mix it in with the salt i made like a bed of salt with herbs or uh, you know like a bed of herbs and salt on this silver dish i took some candles three candles to represent the holy trinity put them in a triangle oh this is from american brujeria this is this is one of the things that i took from that book um and it's like an amulet blessing and I placed the amulet on top of, or the towel, uh, yeah, the amulet on top of the bay leaves with the, that had my petitions. I lit the candles. Oh, sorry. I, I, I put the talisman in my mouth. So it's coated in my saliva. It's my essence. It's my mm, life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So creating like a tag lock to yourself. It, it has it. Yeah. There's a tag lock. It's a tag lock to myself. So I put everything that I have before I bless it in my mouth. It's clean. <laughs> so make sure it's clean before you do that. But yeah, it's, I put it in my mouth. I kind of coat it in my saliva. I put it on top of the uh, bay leaves and I let it burn. I let the, the candles burn down. And then um, after that, it's done. It's, it's all, that's only one of the things I do. A lot of the thing, if I just don't have the fucking time, I'll set it on a bed of salt to cleanse it um, overnight. And then I'll hold it in my hand, put it in my mouth, say a prayer over it, tell it what to do. And that does its job. You know, Mm. if you're in, if you're in a tight spot or, you know, you're in a, you know, you're crunched for time, that's totally fine too. That works. But doing the time, you know, devoting your time to something adds more to it. You know, the best thing that you can, the best offering you can give to yourself is time, right? Absolutely. So um, if you have the time and you have the, you have the, um, um, yeah, just the time to do it, then, you know, do, do those things. I think, uh, and they're fun. Like, it's really fun to see, do all those witchy things all the time. You know what I mean? They're just, Absolutely. They, you just feel like a real witch sometimes. It's, it's nice. Yeah. I'm in um, the, I'm in the middle of crafting an oil right now. And again, I've learned so much from City Alchemist's two books of Magia Magia and Blood of Brujeria. Like there's just so much easy, I don't want to say easy, but uh, very accessible magic in these books that have got me out of my rut of not doing enough magic and getting off my ass and doing shit. But I'm crafting the oil from Blood of Burrillo, which is the Asiete de Alacran, which is scorpion oil. And it's like dual purpose is for protection. So you can anoint a piece of jewelry or what you can anoint really anything and create a protective talisman with it. Um, or you can also use it for destroying your enemies and banishing enemies. So it's very, uh, 
very two protective purposes. And uh, I actually plan on, I already blessed this, this pendant that I'm wearing right now that while we're recording, it's a, um, it's an Ouroboros, which is a snake eating its own tail with a pentacle in it. Probably one of my favorite pieces of jewelry, but for, I can't, I'm going to anoint this with the oil as soon as it's done, done brewing. Cause this is, oh, I love this baby. Do you have any, um, anything that folks should be careful with any cautionary thing, you know, as we know that, you know, not magic is not safe. So is there anything that, um, you have any advice to keep, you know, to, keep people careful when it comes to working with amulets, mm. um, talismans and charms. Yeah. They're not a one size fit all thing. Like just because you created an amulet or talisman to protect you from negativity doesn't mean that you never, ever have to worry about spiritual hygiene again. Like these right. are things that are to be used in addition to your already spiritual practice, like uh, spiritual hygiene, right? Like just, just because you shower every day doesn't mean you're also going to stop brushing your teeth or, taking care of your body in the other ways it needs, right? Like you, you do all of these things cumulatively to keep your health at its peak. Same thing with magic and talismans and amulets. That's great if you have a bunch of amulets and talismans around your home or on your body, but you know, we still need to take caution when we're going to certain places or uh, also just common sense, right? Like if you're warding your home, you're not going to leave your door unlocked because someone could still come in and rob you. You're going to both lock your right. door and ward it. So the same thing again with amulets and talismans, like that's great. You have something protective on you, but that doesn't mean you should go running around the most dangerous neighborhood in your city thinking that no one's going to touch you. So common sense is what, what I want to emphasize. Uh, if you're going to use blood to anoint anything, please, please, was, please make sure you you're took doing it. Straight it. Out of, you took it straight out of my yeah. mouth. Please make sure you're doing it safely and with sterile instruments. Uh, you nice. can easily get little medical lancets on Amazon and it's, it's really easy to use. You take the cap off, you press it against your finger. It's a quick prick and you can easily drop blood on whatever it is you're anointing and then band-aid that shit up. But don't try to go all supernatural and slice your hand open with a fucking rusty knife thinking that's what you need to anoint your, your tool. That's probably going to fuck up the permanently fuck up the nerve endings in your hand. So just again, use common sense. If you want to incorporate blood into your working, I, do not advocate against it. I just advocate that you do it safely. Like I have a, um, I have a charm from, uh, I think it's Poisoner's Apothecary, and it's a it's a charm with a resin filled with bittersweet nightshade that's supposed to help connect with like chthonic spirits. And I anointed it with with my blood, but. I am horrible at like aiming. And so I remember I took a photo of this and put it on my Instagram. People were like, what the fuck did you do? Like I meant to do like one drop of my finger when stop bleeding. So it's just like covered in blood around the entire <laughs> like charm. Um, yeah, don't do that. But uh, yeah, just common sense. Like don't substitute magic for basic protection. Like if you need to stay strapped with the Glock as well as your amulet, like do so. Um, and just do things with sterile instruments if you're planning on using blood. Those are really the only main two things I can think of at the moment. Um, I don't want to glaze over the fact that you said quick prick. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> just want to, <laughs> I think that was funny. Um, I think the only thing that I would say that you didn't cover because you literally took the words out of my mouth, you fucking thief. Um, but uh, the, uh, I don't, this is just something I personally do is I don't let people touch my, my, my amulets, my talismans Ooh. and my charms. Mm -hmm. Um Unless they're like my friend and they're just like, ooh, that's so pretty. And they reach over and touch my, you know, touch my, touch my necklace or whatever. I don't really mind that. But like, especially strangers, I know they're pretty. Please look at them. I, I, I thank you for complimenting how beautiful the things I have are, you know, that's totally fine. But I don't let folks touch them. I don't let folks like reach over. And also that's really dis like bubble. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
uh, but there, I mean, like it happens a lot. It happens a lot, especially if I'm wearing my rosary. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you how many, di- uh. how many conversations I have with folks who come either folks who come. I was like, you know, you're not supposed to wear those. Right. And I was like, who f- says who? And then like, they'll start like reaching over and like, t- like trying to touch my rosary. And I'll, I'll do like that thing. It's very, the like, yeah. It's, I mean, these uh, things are very... on our body, just like you wouldn't touch my hair without my consent. Don't fucking touch my jewelry on my body without yeah, my consent. Yeah, like, just, just uh, first of all, stop touching people. Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, just generally speaking, stop touching people. And then, you know, respect my space, respect the things I have. Um, If I give you, if I very firmly give you no consent to touch the things that are on my body, please don't. And then also, like, when people start, like, if they want to show me, like, if they, they want me to show me, um, if they want me to show them my hands or my rings, they'll like grab my hand and like bring it closer to their face. And I'm not okay with that either. So like, you know, just guard your space, be very, very um, okay with offending people when they get too close um, and protect the things that you have, you know, um, because you don't know what they're transferring onto you. You don't know. And I'm going to say it again. You don't know who practices. You don't Absolutely. know what they're doing. Yeah. So, you know, you know, um, don't let people touch their, st- I mean, this is just personally what I, what I believe. Don't, don't let people touch your stuff, especially because like I have friends over sometimes in my room. Like I have folks just hanging out in my room sometimes, like they're allowed to like, you know, look around and you know, whatever, but like my altar, you can look, but don't fucking touch anything. Just don't touch anything. And I cleanse yeah. the fuck out of my space every single time people leave, but you know, um, yeah, don't touch. Yeah. And don't think you have to re-consecrate all your shit. If someone does touch it, I would just recommend no. wiping it down or running it through some smoke just to get any of their residual, <clears throat> excuse me, any of their residual energy off. But with that said, if it's like months gone by since you've consecrated something, it doesn't hurt to always re-consecrate it every, you know, once in a blue moon, you know, like yeah, if you're spiritually yeah. refreshing your space or your altars, consider maybe any amulets you may have not been wearing for a while or that you, you know, if you, if you practice feeling and sensing energy, you can feel the energy of your or amulets and talismans and kind of see what needs kind of to be like reawoken with like another consecration or just you know mm-hmm. blessing or anything like that um something that i like to do just be uh, i know this is not necessarily a talisman amulet or thing uh, charmed discussion but something just because we're talking about folks coming into your space something that i like to do is um uh crafting a veil over the doorway and the way i do that is i first off bless the doorway um and creating basically a, a veil uh, over the, the the door jam with holy water and Florida water, and then lighting a candle at the at the door, so that folks who whoever comes into your space, that veil filters mm. anything that that veil will filter anything that is um, residual at the door, and they can pick it back up when they leave, like a little auric car wash. Yeah. It's like one of those things. So anything that I would appreciate that I would like for them to bring into my home or into my space is welcome to, to come in. But anything that is not welcome stays outside and they get to pick it back up when they leave. That is so smart. And then I, and then I, I uh, blow the candle out. If the candle is not spent, I blow the candle out and throw it away. Mm. I like that. It's like yeah. a very simple word for, for keeping shit out of your specific room. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wards. I think that's going to be a great episode too. Wards and 
and protection. Absolutely. Oh, that's, I'm not even going to front y'all. I'm going to be totally humble here and admit that I am so bad at actually warding my house. Like I know (laughs) how to do it and I know what I need to do, but I just get so lazy and I don't actually do it, which after this most recent reversible candle, I just burnt, I should definitely do that. Well, here's the thing. It's tough because you have a lot of people in your house and, um, you know, it's tough to protect for other people because Mm -hmm. like it's, because I, I live with my entire family. So protecting for other people is tough. So that's why this, this space is very, very, it's ooh, the, the warding in this is awesome. But like the rest of the house is kind of tough because, you know, there's, you know, I, I don't like doing magic for other people unless it's consent, you know, it has to be consented. Totally. So, um, but you know, even protective magic, if you can do it kind of, you know, remotely, I think that's more appropriate than kind of like going into your parents' room and like warding their fucking walls and shit like that, because, you know, mm-hmm. that's, I, I, I think it should be consensual, but, um, but yeah, I understand where you're coming from because you have a shared communal space and it's, uh, it, sometimes it's kind of tough to do something like that. Yeah. But it doesn't hurt to ward the outside perimeter. Just like, that's what yeah. I meant was like, d- definitely the outside to prevent any people who are trying to throw me shit that it just doesn't come through. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Red Text Podcast. I hope this enlightened you and brought some information that you can incorporate into your craft with some jewelry you might have lying around. Yeah. Yeah. I think your pretty things can be very practical. So make them practical, make them work for you. So. Absolutely. They don't just have to look pretty. They can also be magical. Yeah. <laughs> With that said, my name is Fonzie. I am at Witch Illumicente on Instagram. And my name is Ryan. You can find me on Instagram at the Mestizo Mystic or on Twitter at Mestizo Mystic. Also, I don't, I just realized we never plug the, our podcast Instagram. So oh if you God. guys want to <laughs> So if you guys want to fo- if you guys want to follow the Red Text podcast, we are at. Hang on, I just want to make sure. What is our fucking handle? It is the oh, Red Text podcast. Yeah. So if you guys do want to follow all of our updates in regard to this, um, to our podcast, we are at the Red Text podcast on Instagram, also on Twitter, and also on Patreon which is going to be working very soon. We're working on it. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So um, with, with that said, we will see you at our next unholy communion.